This is a podcast produced by the nonprofit organization Fairy Tales Dog Rescue. Follow Tiffany and Louise down the rescue road. F A I R Y T A I L S. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Louise. And hi to all of you listeners. We are back and we have something to talk about that is very important. Uh, During the summer, the country's animal shelters have reached an all-time high. They are overcrowded of dogs and cats like you can't even imagine. We usually don't hear a lot about dog shelters on the news, but this summer we certainly have. Concerns emerging at L.A. City animal shelters. And there are complaints. Animals are not being taken care of. There's just too many dogs. Not enough staff right now. It has reached a crisis level of overcrowding. It's now putting out an urgent plea for help. We're seeing an increase in a lot of medium and large-sized dogs. Some dogs haven't been walked for days, some even weeks. At last check, they were 125 dogs over their capacity of... New at 6, an increasing number of shelter animals in Monterey County need homes. We're now putting an urgent call out for help. Two members on the LA City Council are now calling for additional resources to help the city's overcrowded animal shelters. And they demand the city to do a, quote, better job. Right, and, you know, if you you think about it, um, just a few years ago, or less than a few few years ago, Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dogs were getting adopted more than ever before because of the pandemic. And so what does this say to about humanity or people in general? I mean, it's a a part of a long story, I think. I mean, right now, yeah, we're not looking so great. But in the beginning of the pandemic, people were looking pretty great because then we were like adopting out more dogs out of the shelters than ever. And dogs seem to be the big winner of this whole pandemic. And and people were then, you know, amazing heroes. Uh, but, but now this situation has turned around on us. And it turns out it's not the best thing that ever happened to rescue dogs. They are, in fact, worse off than they were before the pandemic. Not and. Not only that, what we're finding in the shelters are dogs that never been microchipped, never been vaccinated, spayed or neutered. So that tells us that these are a lot of backyard breeders that were looking to profit off of this um, or unethical breeders. And this is why it's very, very important that we adopt dogs out to the right people and we screen people but remember these people are doing it for profit so they don't care and those people who go to them don't have they're not educated on on anything about having a dog or what's right to do otherwise they would have gone to a shelter I would think it's so good that you bring this up Tiffany because this is the scoop that we wanted to share with you all (laughs) Y'all. <laughs> Y'all. Yeah, this is the scoop that it's so much the breeders that are causing this huge influx of dogs that, that is just, you know, searching into the shelter. When you talk with people out on the town and out in the dog parks, there seems to be this idea that the reason for the overcrowded shelters is that people are returning the dogs. 
you know, people who, who got pandemic puppies, so to speak, they are turning the dogs to the shelter, that this is the main reason we are in this situation. But uh, being in the rescue business, we can tell you that this is not the only reason because we see the euthanasia lists that the shelters in the Bay Area are sending to us, um, you know, every week and every month the dogs that they are going to euthanize and they wonder if we as a rescue with a 501c3 can take these dogs so they don't have to euthanize them and all of these dogs are about two years old right now that we're seeing on these lists yep and like you said tiffany they're not microchipped and you know they're not coming from um yeah anyway they're coming from People, breeders who have been pumping them out over demand and just being overly excited about everyone adopting during the pandemic. And these are the leftover dogs that they have just white fanged into the wild or abandoned. So that is um, why we are doing this because there is just so much misinformation out there that you know that they're like they're not disposable beings. They're not, you know, picking up a new bra and throwing it when you don't doesn't fit you anymore and you don't like it anymore. Whatever it is. So what's happening is majority of these dogs are getting euthanized faster and faster than ever before because they got to make room for more dogs. A lot of these dogs are actually found as strays because people who have adopted these just are, are that irresponsible they just like don't even know that what the proper way to get to to find, uh, rehome them or don't know that there is a shelter that exi- a county shelter that will accept them so they just let them loose on the streets i feel your anger tiffany and i've been there with you and uh, but but a thought that i have uh when you you know, when you get so angry at the, the people, the consumers uh, you know, of dogs or whatever you want to call them, uh, you, you are 100% right. And, you know, we need to t- tell them that dogs are not disposable and such. But I feel like the bigger responsibility is on the breeders, the people who have sold these people these dogs, because I feel like these people didn't know what they were getting into they were being you know? PR seduced by the cute puppy faces, you know. And if you are a breeder, if you are, you know, selling dogs, you need to make sure that these people know how much exercise a husky needs, how much dynamic different types of exercise they need every day, how much training. And the same goes for shepherds and pit bulls and all the other breeds we see so much in the shelters. Why aren't the breeders doing a better job vetting what people they sell their dogs to? Well, you know, I think you're asking a lot for people who breed dogs and sell dogs for profit to even care and consider those things. I Unfortunately, we need regulation and we need this to be something that is monitored, uh, you know, and that has to come from the government. And yes, that means more laws, but... Unfortunately, we can't count on people to do the right thing, and that's why we have laws. So this is where if uh, you want to get active, this is, and you have uh, experience with lobbying or working with lawyers and getting things passed, we would love for you to take action because this is a great 
solution uh, to the problem. Um, you just saw recently that everyone's talking about is the beagles that got released. And oh yeah, that was all over the news. People are talking about that. That's really that, which is great. Um, that was a bust of an unethical uh, breeding of beagles for. Uh, medical testing, lab testing. And um, the thing is, which I think you brought up um, our last podcast, Louise, is they're so under or overworked and understaffed that these kind of busts don't happen as often as they should because there's so much more of this out there. This is not the only place. Right. It's just gonna keep happening and happening though you know we are going in the right direction at least they are monitoring and making moves because uh, people care and i hope that it's becoming a bigger and bigger issue for every election you know that all animal lovers just gather and make shit happen because we need some legal changes because the situation we are in right now worth saying again the statistics of dogs euthanized in shelters are worse than they have been in over five years. Exactly. And that's the thing is we're going to, de- we're declining um, versus progressing. And that's a, that should be a huge red flag that we have a lot more work to do. Um, and, you know, I think you have to look about look at the statistics because when you try to imagine, okay, it's worse than five years. How many dogs are we and cats are we talking about? We're talking about a hundred thousand more dogs per year. We're talking about you know, every that the shelters are euthanizing anywhere from sixty thousand dogs to forty thousand cats. Uh, it's it's not it's not just it's bad, but think of the waste of not only life, resources. Okay, fine. You want to just take it down to the basics? Why are we spending money to do this when it can be a solution? We can, we, it's wasteful. It's just gross and wasteful. Um, it, I've been Googling around and it, it's horrible what, what it's come to. I mean, when you say overcrowded shelters, like I don't know what picture pops up in your head you see a kennel and a sad dog whatever but it's like uh, this is not the situation that every room is taken when we say overcrowded we mean that they have used every room in the facility that is usually used as like a staff uh, you know where, where they store things where, where they have their cleaning supplies where there's an office everywhere it's just stacked with crates on top mm-hmm. of crates around the walls in every room there is just like dogs from floor to ceiling. It's beyond your belief. Like when they say they can't take more, it's like they can't fit one chihuahua in there. <laughs> and that's why they've been reaching out directly to all of their rescue partners asking, please, can you take this dog? And the other thing that's happened that's declined since the pandemic has subsided a bit is lack of foster homes. So people are not opening their homes as much as they did during the pandemic to take help the rescues take in dogs. So, you know, what it's kind of like a, an assembly line. Picture that overcrowded shelter and then picture when another dog comes in, they look at the list and say, who's been here the longest? That one immediately goes to be euthanized. So it's it's kind of like, if you think about it, it's just, it, to me, the first thing that comes to mind is gross. It's, it's like we're just pumping out living beans and disposing of them. 
you know, it's like a horrible, horrible Dr. Seuss uh, <laughs> cartoon uh, animation. Yeah, I mean, we do try to control herds of different animals in the wild when, when we consider hunting or uh, preserving species or uh, not having some species take over some uh, nature areas where plants would be damaged. Like we're constantly trying to control different types of species. But when it comes to dogs, the willingness to control the, the nonstop breeding over demand and supply it doesn't seem to be there. And you ask yourself why? Uh, and it's because of the money, which is a ridiculous reason because do we really care about breeders making money no. on dogs? Do no. we? No. No. This is wrong. It is, it, it, this is why you said supply and demand. We have too much of the supply. Why are we creating more? This is, and I, I, I mean, I asked about this question before when I just started working in, you know, dog rescue or rescue and, um, and it's because, and it goes back to ancient times of when, you know, you're protecting, well, maybe it's not so ancient, but protecting farmers and people who work for, do make a living off of livestock and such. However, dogs are not livestock. And They're so, family now. Right. It's, it's, so why, it, okay, fine. I understand that's the law, but this is not livestock. This isn't for us, our survival. This is a there having a dog is a luxury you know it's a necessity in my world but it's also a luxury you need to make sure that you can take care of that dog and that you you know sacrifice other things in your life finance you know you don't need to buy those fancy clothes because you're going to spend save that money for your dog so we you know that's what it is this isn't livestock it's not we're not eating dogs well said tiffany You know, I, I had this conversation with my son the other day because Louise and I had a, a retreat, fairy tales retreat uh, over Labor Day. And, you know, one of the things that we, we, we always sometimes come up with crazy ideas. And one of the ideas we came up with was to make a T-shirt. And um, I mentioned it that the, 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 it, it's probably going to be insulting, so I probably shouldn't say it on the radio. Oh, huh? please say it. All right. White people and their doodles. So you remember that? Okay. I know it sounds totally wrong, but listen, I, my son, who's very, you know, that, that generation of political correctness said something. He's like, that's not appropriate. And I said, well, you know what? You don't get people's attention. Otherwise you have to, to get people's attention, you have to really shock them. And that's really one of the ways. And also to use kind of nasty, sarcastic and passive aggressive humor. Okay, fine. But Otherwise, it, nobody's listening. Provoking people to get their attention definitely works. And yeah, I mean, we, we need to get people's attention. You know what I started to feel, you know, walking around my neighborhood, walking around in San Francisco, San Francisco has become very, there's just a huge amount of wealthy people. And, you know, it's not what San Francisco used to be at. There's, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. But listen, there's, you know, what I'm seeing here in San Francisco, when it used to be a lot of, you know, rescue dogs in San Francisco, crazy ass mutts, you know, but now what I'm seeing with the wealth in San Francisco is people are buying these expensive dogs. They're going to breeders and it's like three dogs. It's the doodle, any doodle, it's the Frenchie and it's the Corgi that I'm seeing. And I'm starting to feel like, 
God, it's like, do I live in a homogenized city? Like I, the, it's like separate wives, you know, it's, it's, everybody's the same and like, they're not, I don't know. It's just like bothers me. And so I think I get that. I mean, we have a different picture of San Francisco. Uh, I mean, people who came here before families with, with the breeder dogs, with the tech people, I mean, San Francisco, come on, was the city of hippies. Right. City of mutts. City of mutts, thank you. The the city is changing so much, and you can see it in the dogs. Yeah, in the dogs, because, you know, we used to be like a city of mutts, not only with the, the dogs, but with the people, like all kinds of colors and backgrounds, artists and, you know, starving artists and, you know, all kinds of interesting creative people in, in all walks of life. And now, you like you said, you see it in the dogs. Everybody's, it's homogenized. Yeah, it's the same. It's too many white people, first of all. And Karen is out and about everywhere. With her doodle. Oh, God. Or the, I don't know. I think that the problem is that people are looking at their... F- the, their neighbors and seeing what they got. Oh, I want one. This is so cute. Ah. And that's, you know, they want to be like everyone else. And they're not doing their due diligence to do the research uh, at all. They're, they're, and so they're just all feeding off of each other. And that's not a, the right example. It's just like the opposite. You know, if you wanted, if your child was hanging around the wrong crowd, they'd start to get into like drugs and alcohol and mayhem. It's that's what I feel like is happening. They just look at around them, and so it's like it's multiplying over and over again. I like how you liken people who uh, buy purebreds from breeders to teenagers who drink alcohol and are bad influence. Um, but I get what you're saying. I think you have a valid point. Uh, on a rant, but yeah, I- no. Speaking of rants, though. Me and Journey were out doing training. Um, the last weekend, we had our session, uh, and you know, so Journey's doing e collar training. He's doing amazingly well. He's a straight A student, and it was raining uh, last Sunday, and we usually hang out at the park, but it was really pouring down. Uh, so we were going to meet with our trainer at Lowe's, which is this building department store. Mm-hmm. And Journey, you know, is wearing his muscle and his uh, in-training vest and he's on leash and uh, he's doing really great. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. you know, not making a fuss or anything. He's just hanging out, being there. And Karen. Oh, Karen walks into Lowe's. She walks by us and... She sees us and she turns her head and she looks at us and she walks back towards us, points out her finger and starts no. yelling, that dog bites. No, <laughs> no. He had a muzzle on lady. Yeah. Uh, it's, so how can you, if he, if he was a biter, why would he, how would he bite with a muzzle on? And, you know, we said, it's just a precaution. Don't worry about it go along um is that what you and the trainer said yes okay your trainer was there okay good oh my god but karen wasn't done of course oh no no she was saying you know like oh i know this dog bite i don't want this dog to be here and you know was this in pleasanton no this yeah this was in pleasanton yeah 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 i grew up in pleasanton i i am so sorry you had to deal with that there's a lot of racism against pit bulls Mm. and you know what the fact that louise actually even had a muzzle on him uh, a vest and did all of those things that 
first the people don't understand that that shows that the that you're a very mindful respectful dog owner and taking precautions how could and she didn't even notice that she just saw that i brought this yeah. uh, thing that she has all these preconceived ideas about basically a monster in her head that i brought a monster into the store so i mean you can see how she was upset yeah no i mean like but the, yeah okay fine we know that pit bulls have a bad rap. We know there's a lot of stories out there, but there's also stories of other breeds. However, I do know that there is a serious uh, fear and resentment towards pit bulls, and this is why there are so many, so many do- them get euthanized because people don't adopt them fast enough. And why are we breeding more of them if there's so many in the shelters? Don't get me started. Yeah, yeah. People don't like my chihuahuas either. In the same reason, they just assume they're little yappers. And you know what? Fuck you. Your talking sh- annoys me too. And you're a little yapper. You're a little yapper. And my, my you know what? My, my chihuahua is not the yapper. It's my terrier. But anyways, that's besides the point. People generally like, people like, oh, like chihuahua or oh, pit bulls. You know what? What am I going to say? Something? Oh, white person. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, we can all spill that nasty nasty. energy everywhere. But you know, we are are getting into a more inclusive time. That that's the way it should be. Like everybody is included, and that goes for people as well as our dogs. And you know what? I really feel like I associate myself with a, with a, as a mutt because I know I at the outside I'm clearly a white person, but I'm truly a mutt. Like I'm mixed with so many things. And you know, it's like don't judge a book by its cover. Even if I you know wasn't a mutt, you know, you have to like everybody's a individual we're all different just because you're white doesn't mean you're a karen just because you're black doesn't mean you're i don't know good at dancing <laughs> yeah or have you know i won't say anything dirty and sexual but okay and you know <laughs> just because you're a pit bull doesn't mean you're cute that <laughs> wait that's not true <laughs> in love it's all about love if you're, you know, the only thing that matters in its real in this world is love. And love comes in all kinds of colors and shades. And it definitely, love is not your standard um, thing. You can love in so many different ways. You can love purely with a, with your, your friend, family, spouse, whatever, and your dog. But think about the, all those overcrowded shelters right now. Do you think that... The, the love that the staff has for, for, for these all of these beings in there? Do you think that it goes around to enough? You know, right now I only have experience with one shelter, and I know that it does. So I think a lot of shelters out there, probably not so, because they're probably even underpaid and understaffed more than anywhere. And, you know, I don't know. It's I, I think... Um, I, I think the people are, who are generally in working in a shelter love animals. And so we know that the ones that we pull, they, they work really hard. They post videos. Um, they raise money to get these dogs medical care. And they're exhausted, and they have to see these every day. Um, but I do know and very familiar with shelters that do not even stay open and have people paid to work on the weekends 
because they can't afford it. So the dogs are literally, and this is a lot in central California, and I visited these shelters. I've seen them firsthand. Um, these dogs and cats and all animals are left alone with no, no, no food or water for two days. They leave them food or water when they leave on Friday, but two days, they come back on Monday, and they're, they've been left for two days all alone in that scary place. I know, I know, but I don't know if it makes it that much different that a person is in there. I mean, if you are in jail, you're in jail. Uh, and but 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 that's not what what I meant when I said if the love goes around uh, enough, if there is enough love to go around. Uh, I mean just like, you know, the feeling like, you know, someone looking at you, someone connecting with you, a little pet, a little attention and just that feeling you love is a feeling right you can feel dogs are like kids so much they can instantly feel if you like them you know when you when you go into a room and um i they're so sensitive so they really feel if there is love or not well you know if we can communicate to them it would be easier but you know they get those glimpses and moments where they get a little walk or a little cuddle and pet and they're like okay is everything going to be okay but then it stops so they don't understand they're truly not going to be okay until they're in a home once they get into a home they know that they're safe and they're in a good place and they feel happier and relieved you we've seen it immediately we've seen it in so many dogs that we've pulled who are cowering in the corner in the shelter um so they need to be in a home this is why people should go out and foster it really doesn't take that much of out of your life and it's temporary so you know do something good in the world that's that's what they say, you know, that makes makes you happier is helping others and, you know, um, is, a, is a huge part of the recipe of being happier in, in life. It really is. Mm-hmm. And, and no, it's not easy. We're not like Louise and I, you know, Louise, I'm sure you agree that sometimes we feel like we have the we have it, the weight of our rescue on our shoulders because we don't have as many help. And we do sacrifice a lot to bring in fosters in our home. And it does make our lives harder. And it makes We do have jobs and we have other things in life. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard for us to say no um, because it's such an, a serious crisis right now. That's right. We need to circle back to the fact that it's a huge crisis uh, going on right now in America, dogs are being euthanized like we haven't seen in such a long time. It's so sad. Now is the time to adopt. But you know, I do. I wanted to share with you um, a story. If maybe we can close with this on a happy note um, about our rescue dogs that we've adopted out. Oh, and how? Which one? This one. Um, his name is. He's one of the, it was a very messed up, um, um, the schnauzer, the one that had needed dental work, his teeth were literally falling out. And do you remember I, I, um, they, if I, I adopted him out, if they agreed to pay for his dental, his dental. And I actually, because the dental work, his teeth were so bad. Um, it was going to be like, you know, a couple thousand dollars. I, I, um, I met the most, so I wanted to share this story. I thought that it would just, it, it literally um, touched my heart in such a deep, meaningful way. Um, show it. Okay, so I'm going to read to it first. First, I'm going to show you the picture. 
He's a picture oh. of the daddy cuddling the dog. So Watson had, he was a schnauzer. He was an older schnauzer, maybe about five, six. We weren't really sure how old he was because his teeth were so bad um, that he was, and then he was actually microchipped. And going back to our discussion about the breeders, um, he was traced back to a breeder and the breeder um, does not, did not have any records of who adopted this dog. Surely. Surely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, either they don't because they didn't care enough to even look at an ID or ask them any questions, or they know that it wasn't a good person, so they don't want to know. let mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's one of those two shitty it's, options. Absolutely. Um, this dog was uh, very sweet, but very... Um, yeah, get t- to the point. You, he really need. Jeez! So his, they renamed him... Watson. So I showed Louise a picture of Watson with his papa and it says, hello, Tiffany. Hope you're doing well. Just wanted to say what you, what we feel every day for you. Thankful for you have given us love that we had never experienced before. Our little boy has become our heartbeat and we can't feel enough gratitude for you. So I just wanted to share this picture from last evening and remind you of what you've given us our most precious baby. It's like I it it it, it just warmed oh. and touched me and it reminded me and I remember during that period you know we I was taking in so many dogs because we're get we were adopting them quick and people you know we had so many um, good applications um, and we screen ours and we microchip them and we keep records and we also have a detailed application where the breeders do not um, and anyway so. Watson, um, this couple, and so this was, I remember that there was so much demand for dogs that people were like feeling like it was like they're trying to win the lottery to adopt a dog, right? Because it was ridiculous. Like they're like, oh my God. So this, this couple said, oh my God, I've sent so many applications and nobody's responded to me. And she's like, thank you so much for giving. It was just like, you know, so remember as much as bad adopters are out there not adopters breeders who sell to bad families the ones that adopt who choose to adopt from a rescue are good humans and so i just wanted to leave on a positive note and we're so happy to hear about watson that is one very happy ending Mm -hmm. that's a that's one of our fairy tales yeah but we do have um a dog that has had no one come visit her, and that's our little P. Sweet P. Sweet P from Princess and the P. And she has got to be the easiest dog. So anyone who's looking for, you know, a super easy dog who is a great first-time dog owner. She's a chihuahua. And a senior. Um, young senior. Young senior. She's still got lots of zip in her, and she's lovely. Um, very sweet, most adorable face. Please check her out on our website at fairytalesdogrescue.com. And if you feel that you want to help in this situation, check, of course, with your local shelters what you can do to help right there. But you can also go to Instagram and like our account so we can help reach more people. And what's our account? Fairy underscore tales like a dog tail underscore dog underscore rescue. 
Fairy Tales Dog Rescue. We'll see you out there. Ciao. Bye. In the morning, wake up choking, but it's sunny. Under the same too. When you blame everybody. Oh